0: Welcome to the Level Up Podcast, brought to you by Century 21, the Harrelson Group. Featuring masterminds with real estate leaders, coaches, and influencers, plus eye-opening strategy sessions with up-and-coming agents, you'll learn exactly how to go from agent to entrepreneur. And now, let's get to the latest episode of Level Up. What's up, everybody? It's Matt Johnson. We are back with another episode of the Level Up podcast, where you learn how to go from agent to entrepreneur. And we have got a couple of awesome guests with us today, which is very fortuitous, because Greg Harrelson, unfortunately, will not be with us today. So Greg is stuck on a plane. Uh, Just the timing worked out to where he's coming back from a trip, and uh, things got moved around. He got put on standby and some other stuff, and so he wasn't able to actually join us. He was hoping to join us even from his phone from the airport or from the hotel room. Uh, It just did not work out that way. So it's awesome that we've got a great husband and wife team from Santa Rosa uh, with us today to kind of share a few things. We're going to get into how to hit number one, number two on Yelp and Zillow with uh, organic uh, review rankings. So you actually uh, start you know, generating inbound leads from people that are looking for agents and homes in your area and you can catch the traffic that way. We're also going to talk about building in the kind of concierge level service that will actually generate those reviews for you uh, and encourage people to use them, uh, as well as the concept of mini flips. And so we're going to, we got a bunch of stuff to get into. So first of all, let me welcome Kimberly and James. Guys, how are you today?
1: Good. How are you?
0: Doing awesome. So I just want to thank you first for, for jumping on with us today. I know you guys are with Century 21, uh, just as Greg is. And so we reached out to you because you're one of the top teams out here in this area. So give us some idea of where uh, where Santa Rosa is. Kimberly, we'll start with you. Just tell me a little bit about the, the market out there for you guys and how long you guys have been in the game as a husband-wife team.
1: Yeah, so Santa Rosa is located in Sonoma County, which is also wine country. We're about an hour north of San Francisco, and predominantly, um, a lot of people from San Francisco will come live here and then commute, or they'll start their families here. It's one of the more affordable places with still a decent amount of uh, population um, in the city.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Bay Area is so I spent some uh, a good chunk of time there last last year, late last year in the fall, and we have got my my business partner that we're on the real estate sides in the East Bay. And yeah, it's absolute insanity in the Bay Area. <laughs> yeah. Good Lord! So you guys yeah. don't have uh, you guys don't have an easy job, but the uh, but the average sale prices are great. I think you mentioned 700K uh, in the pre-show, so you guys have got a great average sale price. Uh, so that that is what gives you kind of the flexibility to do what you call the mini flip, and we'll get that uh, into that in a second. But I wanted to talk a little bit about the husband and wife team because there's a lot of Uh, there's a lot of husband-wife teams out there. Uh, They can work really well. They can be a giant pain in the ass. It kind of depends on personalities and things like that. I know one of my mentors who's in the recruiting field, uh, that is his favorite type of team to work with. He says they're the the actual, um, his favorite client, like coaching clients or husband and wife teams. They end up being even more sustainable than almost any other kind of business partnership. So I'm curious kind of how you guys divide up the roles and share a little bit about your experience.
1: Yes, so um, James and I are opposites, we're the epitome of opposites attract, but that helps us in a big way in business. His strengths are my weaknesses and vice versa. So our gaps are filled by each other. And also what I enjoy doing, he doesn't. And then what he enjoys doing, I don't. So it works out really nice. And like you said, husband and wife teams always have the same goals. So it's, you know, people are aiming for it together. And it's just, it doesn't feel like work when you're working
2: yeah and yeah, it brings nice. like a, yeah and to me husband and wife team in front of clients have a lot more uh likability to them because it brings like a not a banter but a dynamic that not just one person brings when you're just one person you can only interact with them but like when you're a couple or a team essentially you can have kind of a different dynamic with clients and what i've noticed is like 80 90 of our clients are all married or you know they have a spouse or some other significant other you know domestic partner so they can relate to a couple very easily and they see like themselves and you on one side of the relationship so it's very easy to get close and connect with clients when you're a husband wife team I think a lot easier than when you're just a single individuals
0: yeah which makes sense and, and just to clarify for the audience so you guys are actually going in uh, like for example James you, you handle more of the listings but you're actually showing up to the listing consultation both of you and then throughout the the process, I think Kimberly, you might take the lead technically on the client communication, but you both are communicating with every client as a team.
1: Yes, correct. So they see both of us. We're always um, we make it a point for every first meeting we're both there. If not, we make sure that they show up. So then they know they also feel supported by a team.
0: Right. Yeah, which is which is great. And and that's not and it's not like you guys are the only ones on the team either. Tell me a little bit about the extended kind of family of agents you have that can handle uh, other types of transactions and then your admin as well.
1: Yeah, so we have a great transaction coordinator. She does All our paperwork, she's fantastic. Um, And then we have a team of three. And what we focused on when we first started our team, we got a lot of international leads um, from Asia. So each of our team members speaks a different language. We have Chinese, Mandarin, Cantonese, um, Japanese, and Korean. that's a lot of it up here in the North Bay. Um, People would find us online, and unfortunately I don't speak another language, but we still wanted to help them. Um, So we have team members that we refer them to that know the business and have the same ideals that we do.
0: Yeah, and that's, yeah, it's a very unique, I would say problem to have, but a growing problem. And yeah. uh, like, if you're in that area, that's that's a great way to handle it. Cause obviously we can't speak, you know, the, the odds of us in America learning how to speak three or four or five other languages, especially Mandarin, which is not exactly the easiest language to learn. <laughs> uh, very slim. Uh, so, uh, so that's a great, that's a great strategy is just to have. And, and the way that you guys have them set up is that they kind of work occasionally. Like they're not tied into where they're counting on you for leads, they're just kind of ready and available on standby, and they kind of plug into your systems when they do work with someone that you refer. I'm curious though, do they work with your transaction coordinator, or do they handle that on on themselves?
1: They do work with our transaction
0: coordinator. Like
1: Yeah, she's amazing, and that is a big plus of our team as well. Um, so that's we do share her.
0: <laughs> yeah, 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 which makes makes total sense. So you can. That, that's another like added value to them of taking a lead from you is they can use your transaction coordinator. So I like that, the way that that's structured. Uh, James, tell me a little bit about, uh, you mentioned kind of how you guys got into it. And, and you told me a story in pre-show about how you approached a, f- a for sale by owner with this idea of a mini flip, which is probably the most, the single most interesting FISBO prospecting strategy I've ever heard. So I'd love for you to share kind of how that went down.
2: Yeah. So we were new and we had only worked with buyers. We're trying to get it on the listing side, which is very difficult in this area, especially when most of them are about a million dollars. They don't expect 30-year-olds to sell their house. They expect somebody a little bit more mature. Uh, So we went to a for sale by owner. It was listed at 600 We knew it could sell for more. He had, it just was a little bit run down to see some paint, some light fixtures, changes, and some landscape changes. And so we went to him and we told him, we'll invest $6,000 of our own money that gets reimbursed after we sell it, and we'll sell your house for 650 and uh, we'll, so we'll invest $6,000. And so what we did is we did, but we also had to sell him on that. If we didn't sell it in the first week for $50,000 extra, that he would get to keep our $6,000 and cancel the listing. So it was it was a zero risk for him. That's the only reason we got him to convert. It's the only for sale by owner we've ever converted. But after that, I realized I don't know if I want him anymore. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so zero right. risk to him. And so what we did is for we had like 10 days to fix up the house. And so me and Kimberly, because to keep it under $6,000, we had to pay the house ourselves. We bought our own paint sprayer, so we sprayed the whole house ourselves, like eight coats because we didn't know what we were doing. We landscaped ourselves, so we did all the work ourselves, so it was only $6,000 in materials. And we mm-hmm. got six seventy. so we got $70,000 over what he asked for by only investing $6,000, but we pretty much slept there every night yeah. in the vacant yep. house just to get the work done. And that was how we started the, start the mini-flip, essentially.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes. High risk, high reward, that's, that's quite a yeah. strategy. Um, yeah. And like I said, that's the, the most unique uh, approach to a FISBO I've ever seen. But it did lead to uh, kind of one of the things that you guys do hang your hats on now. You haven't gone deeper necessarily into working with for sale by owners in, in that way, although it's, you certainly could again. But uh, tell me a little bit about how that's manifested now and the listings that you take and, and how do you take that approach of kind of turning the listing into a mini flip?
2: So like when we constantly when we have our first meeting with our listing or we already know we first walk through the house and see what improvements we can make just changing light fixtures in a house in our area can bring you a significant more amount of money and light fixtures are a lot less expensive and they feed the whole vibe so we always recommend light fixtures cleaning up the landscaping sometimes painting but mostly touch up painting and floors is the new thing we recommend sometimes it's even more in depth where we take out walls and do all these other things so on average, I'd say we're putting ten to fifteen thousand dollars into the house, and we're getting them another seventy-five to a hundred in our market because our average price point is like seven hundred, seven fifty. So mm-hmm. in our market, you can do that, and we just manage it. We have all the laborers. We're not like general contractors, but we have all the subs, so we can go to them specifically. They give us a great price because we use them so much, and because we have to be a priority for them because we're pretty much most of their business each listing we get. So then we go in and kind of like a concierge service, or we call it a project management project managed, which is a little bit different than real estate because real estate's is like to me, it's selling a product. So it's like a product sales, but we kind of turn into a service industry, which is why I call it concierge service or a project manager, because there's a lot more in depth. Like when half of our clients decide to remodel, they call us first and then they say, how can I remodel for my most money? Because they follow us on Facebook. So they watch our our mini flips. And so when we're that top of mind, we're getting tons of referrals from our clients that we bought their house with them. And when they ask us, like we're an interior designer, even though we're not, they just want to know what's best for sales because they follow us on right. Facebook. So they know we do that. And then obviously when it comes to listing, we're going to be the person they list with. We're the person to help remodel our house. So,
0: Yeah, that's really cool. And, and it ties in with what you guys enjoy doing, right? So, Kimberly, it's it's something you guys genuinely enjoy, like the kind of the, not just the restaging, but the, this kind of mini flip process. It's not a la- It's almost like a labor of love for you guys. It's just something that you enjoy.
1: Yeah, absolutely. The what James and I actually like to do on our time off is go look at light fixtures, which is so that <laughs> we like, we're like, Oh my gosh, I just saw this amazing light fixture. Because we know how much it can change a house because predominantly mm-hmm. the houses here are built in the sixties and seventies and a lot of people haven't redone them. So just those simple fixes make such a difference and since the open layout is such a big concept, it just it really transforms the house and the sellers are happy, we're happy. It's just it's a lot of fun.
0: Yeah. So there, there's a couple of things in, in what you guys have said so far that I want to pull out and just elaborate on for those that are that are listening. So the the concept. First of all, I like the concept of the mini flip. It's definitely something that you have to have a very niche market. Like you said, the the houses are older. They haven't right. been updated. They're in a high, super high demand area where, as long as the home looks good, like there can be this huge swing uh, in, in in the offers that you get. So there's a couple things that are unique about your market that's that won't, it may not work the same way in every market, and I, I want to get into um, like when you guys bring up that conversation here in a second, but I love the fact that you've really kind of staked out a very unique space in how you talk about real estate online and on social media, because like this this concept of doing like these mini flips and you guys just kind of sharing what you're doing makes you an authority like you said, James, we got people calling you up saying, hey, I want to remodel. I want to do this. I want to make these improvements. But what's actually going to get me the most bang for my buck? So you have a way to communicate and and communicate in a way that's valuable to homeowners in that six or seven years when they don't care about actually listing their home. And that's where I think a lot of agents struggle. And you guys have found a really nice niche where it makes you an authority in something that directly relates to what you guys do, but also gives you a way to kind of keep in touch in the meantime with something that actually is, uh, is of value. So I love that. Uh, one thing I am curious, though, is I've heard, uh, I had some somebody on a podcast here uh, a while back that mentioned that uh, some agents um, go in for the listing, and if they make any sort of comments on what, what things might need to be improved, they might actually lose that listing to someone who waits until after the paperwork is signed, bring up the potential negatives of the house. So I'm curious when you guys get into that conversation with a seller on what might need to be improved.
1: Yeah, so what's actually interesting is that we, we've learned recently learned that kind of
2: um, We can hurt ourselves by
1: yeah,
2: help offering more help than right agent They almost think we're a scam or or why are we offering so much or they don't want to fix their house Or so they don't want
1: to do we it We've
2: learned to yeah. navigate and ask certain questions and before we go into depth We always like we have a structure that we kind of align the words like show us your house first We let them do all the talking and we ask them what questions you have before we offer up anything like we try not to say anything that is relative to who we are. We just want to learn about them in their house. By the time we walk through their entire house and ask them certain questions about certain things, we know if they're willing to do work or not. Right. You know, you can tell the yeah. specific person they are. And the hard part is I almost want to offer up my help every time I'm very bad at yeah. shutting my mouth, I should shut my mouth. Mm-hmm. So Kimberly tries to take the lead a lot more when we're not supposed to tell them we want to help fix up their house. But it's very difficult for yeah. me to allow that to happen. So we just so like El- elbowing hey, you oh, in your yeah. <laughs> like, No, no, shut up. her joke is I'm the best person at losing a listing like like we can have the listing and then I'm like but we need to touch up this paint over here and the lady looks at me like she's going to kill me and I'm like and we got to vacuum your uh, couches because they got cat hair on them and yes I'm the best person to lose a listing yeah
1: yeah it's more just reading the client if they're saying like oh I put in this blue carpet 20 years ago and I absolutely love it you're like oh nice and you don't bring it up you know but what actually happens is a lot of our referrals or our listing appointments are we get because of the things that we've done so we usually have an idea before we step into it but a lot of it is just opening up for conversation
0: yeah i would imagine like with somebody that you're meeting for the first time that isn't a direct referral from somebody who went through that process of kind of really improving the property would be a wildly different experience versus a referral that's come from somebody that says hey they helped me put five grand into my home and then turn around got me 50k additionally like you got to talk to these guys um so yeah so your your warm referrals would be very very different uh what are some of the the other things that you guys do uh that makes people willing to go to a place like yelp or zillow and give you guys this amazing five-star review that helps you on the seo and the the inbound lead side what are some of those things that you guys do that really stick out to clients that you found that work for you guys so um
1: how we started is like james had mentioned we started with buyers and we really jumped in with both feet like head first. And so what we did is we actually offered to help move them. So what we kind of talked about is, you know, the way you really build a bond is by sweating with your clients. So if you, show, yeah, if you show up and you help move them and then their best friend did it, they're gonna remember that. And so they feel that you went above and beyond where it makes them write that review. So that's really how we started that. And then that also continued through our listing. So. We have a lot of clients with dogs and if they have the property shun we had one time where they couldn't get home to remove the dog. We went and picked up their dog and kept them at our office. So it's just going above the dog so they don't have to stress about it. If you make the process that much easier for them or that much enjoy that much more enjoyable, they'll write a review and what how we also do it is we always drop in like oh you know um we got this great client from a review or you know you kind of already plant the seed so when you ask it it's not a brand new thing so they already are kind of it's already in the back of their mind that that's how we get about a lot of their business and a lot of our business mm-hmm. how we're able to continue that and if they're grateful they usually will review us
2: so like the main key to me is creating a deeper connection like in the trenches the idea like blood sweat and tears like So if you're able to do a physical task with the client and even some of our older clients will like, you know, touch up paint with us or like help us stage, like we'll take some of the furniture out and bring some of our staging furniture in because we own our own staging company and we do that for free and we let them have an opinion in it. So it's kind of like uh, we're working together. You create a bond that's like no, almost no agents have that bond with their clients. So once you create that bond, you're more than just a business for them. You're like a personal connection that like that is where our, le- our reviews come in so easy because if your friend if your friend asks you to write a review it's almost awkward if you don't write the review and I'm not trying to create the awkwardness but like if your friend's like hey Johnny write the review for me you're going to do it or next time you see them it's going to feel awkward so they yes. feel more obligated to write the review because we have a deeper connection if you're kind of surface or you're just a business person they don't feel awkward and they don't feel like obligated you know like if your mom yeah. asks you to write a review you're going to write a review I mean it's once you create that deeper connection, the in the trenches idea, I mean, there's no way they're not going to write a review. I mean, we have as many reviews as people have been in business getting reviews for 10 years because almost all of our clients write reviews. like, And they write them so in depth because the experience they have is so in depth with us,
0: but it's the connection. And, and w- what point in the process do you guys tend to ask for the review?
1: Not until the very end. So we want to make sure they're completely happy. And that's also how I feel when writing a review. When I have a service, I don't ever write it in the middle or in the beginning. I always write it at the end. And so, but like we had said is we always kind of plant the seed throughout the process. So they know that reviews are important. And then at the end, you know, we'll be like, oh, just checking in, you know, how's it been living there for a week, you know, hope you're enjoying everything here's any information if you need help and then also could you write us a review it helps our business so we kind of send an email or a text and then they usually end up doing and we make it as easy as possible with sending them links and you know try to do it that way But throughout
2: way. the process of knowing them in the transaction like a lot of times when they get to know you deeper they really do want to know what you're about and we're like Oh yeah we'll bring up for no reason we'll bring up a start we'll be like yeah well, it was really hard because of our age to start in this business but it, what we realized works for us to keep our business going and us successful is our online reviews. so you bring up these little things that right. embed throughout the time you know them. by the time you ask them it's already natural but the one thing we realize is we used to get offended when people wouldn't write the reviews like a month after we asked them and then we asked them again and you don't want to act like you're salesy so you're not trying to like push the reviews but what we realize is if you ask them about like six months and then a year after a lot of these people are stressed out they just moved they just sold a house or they just bought a house and a lot of my families, so they're got kids their writing review is not because they didn't like you or not happy with you or or don't care about you it's because they don't have the time and energy but once you get about a year after the transaction that's when we realized we also started getting a lot more reviews that we didn't get for the first year and we just realized like it's hard to see how busy and stressed out they are from buying their house because you're not in it with them anymore so you gotta wait maybe six months. Don't don't feel offended or or bombard them twelve times in six months. Do it like two times in the first couple months, and then do it like mm-hmm. at six months and then a year. And we've even done things like where we were on thirty under thirty for Realtor magazine, and so we did facebook posts and we specifically wrote it we gave them a reason why we needed a review like we're trying to up our reviews because we're trying to win 30 under 30 but that had nothing to do with winning 30 under 30 but it right. gave them a reason so we got a push of all these reviews like 20 reviews that we hadn't gotten over the last four years and so it was amazing so if you create also a reason for them to give you a review because you're trying to win a competition then they're even more motivated so we picked up all the stragglers who hadn't wrote the reviews
0: yeah which is really interesting i've i, I don't know that i've heard anyone use a specific strategy of going after folks that are you know like six to six months to a year out from their transaction and going back and really making a point to ask for a review uh, I know people that, that reach back out and, and wish them like a hey happy six months or happy happy one year anniversary or whatever since you moved in so I think those would be great to, to combine those things but I think it's also great just for the audience to understand that uh, that it's okay. Uh, to reach back out that long like oh I didn't get a review from them maybe they're upset with me you know they didn't really get back to me I asked them a couple of times in the first month you guys had the opposite experience which is that hey reach back out to them six months twelve months whatever they'll still probably give you a review what's funny about that is that and, and we all know how this goes like there's always snafus there's always things in every transaction that come up where they're not super happy with either the process or us or both um, the thing about it is, give, sometimes giving them those few months, kind of that stuff tends to fall away. And what they remember is that person got me into this house and I love this house. And so right. sometimes we can actually get reviews out of people that may not have intended to, uh, you know, right after closing to give us a review for whatever reason, but they, they kind of forget about the labor pains of getting into the home. And so I, I love that point because I encourage people to, uh, to reach back out, you know, m- months and years after. But uh, the other thing I wanted to point out and get your guys' input on is I don't know whether it's an intentional strategy to begin with or not. Now, now it is, right? So you guys are very intentional about, okay, we want to form the deepest bond with the clients in a, in a hopefully, like a scalable, sustainable way. We want to, you know, plant the seeds to getting reviews throughout the process. Then you ask the re- for the review about a, a week. It uh, sounds like about a week maybe after the transaction goes down. And then now that becomes this kind of perpetual engine where it just keeps feeding the online reviews and now you're getting all these inbound leads from people finding you on yelp and Zillow because of those referrals right or the other because of the reviews yes yeah. yeah yeah and so like uh, the one thing that i'll say is like
2: people spend a lot of time prospecting or figuring out how to get more business or you know doing pop buys i mean social media creates where you don't really need pop anymore you're top of mind as long as you're posting and it's not salesy, it's like, oh, this house, you know, we just had a struggle, like we, we had to change out the site picture, fun, cute things. And because there's two people, it's easy to have that banter and dynamic on yeah. social media where people follow. Yeah. Uh, but you can totally make your transaction with them, your prospecting. How great you do with them is our prospecting. So we don't have to prospect all year long. We spend more time with our clients creating the prospecting while we're creating that great experience with them. It's an experience they remember. It is a product they're purchasing or selling, but it's also the experience more. So they remember the experience more than they remember what you sold their house for. They remember the things you messed up or the things you did that were awesome. So prospecting mm-hmm. for us is the interaction with the client during the transaction. Also not during the transaction, like when they call it yeah. help your mouth. Also, we don't have to do the prospecting throughout the year and creating more business and more business. It creates itself by doing the interaction with them. And that's like a two for one kind of thing.
0: Yeah, I like that. Yeah, just making making your client interaction more visible to them and visible to other people uh, increases the number of touches you have, so you have to do less, quote, prospecting, but you're still staying top of mind because of the content that you're putting out, which I like that a lot. Um, let's talk about the home staging, just uh, as a quick aside. Um, so you mentioned that the your, your staging company provides the staging to your seller clients for free, if I remember right. Do you make a concerted effort to make the staging company its own profit center by, you know, making it available and charging for other services, or is it mainly just like a subset of your real estate business where you serve where it serves your clients?
2: So, uh, in my mind, I sometimes get scared off of things, and my thought is, I'm a real estate agent. I'm not hiring another real estate agent staging company to put them in front of my clients and kill my clients. So, I okay. feel like we wouldn't be that successful at just being a staging company. We do it for all our clients and we do it for our team members. That's actually how we got one of our team members on is they're like, can you stage a house and be as much to split the commission with you as it would to stage the house around here? So we mm-hmm. just co-listed it. We did some of the work, they did some of the work, we staged a house. So we started to get like a lot of the older agents see our staging over the last five years and they want to refer their clients to us because they want staging. So instead of mm-hmm. them paying the staging out of their pocket, which is like half a commission, they just split the commission with us and we do a lot of the work for them. So it's also how we got a lot of in-house referrals staging, but I don't believe we'd be that successful trying right. to market ourselves to other agents because I wouldn't put another agent in front of my client that owns a safety company. So I, I'm kind of doubtful, but she's thought about it. I just, I think it would be hard.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, we've gotten a lot of um, co-listings with it, which has been pretty profitable for us. And it's, you know, we're only doing a couple days of work for it, which is great. And it helps with our sales um the how we started our staging company is when we got our first listing we lived in a third story apartment and we're like okay how can we make this look better we have to sell this this is our first listing so we would actually take our apartment furniture and
2: (laughs) we didn't have any other furniture furniture, so we used our move it down three
1: flights of stairs and then stage it and you know, we didn't tell them it was ours and James I'd be <laughs> sitting on the floor, but that's what yeah. we wanted to do. And then we saw the return on it. So then we're like, okay, let's start investing in the furniture. So that was really more it's it's more an investment in our business for getting listings because that's where we know it generates a lot of our business. And then it has helped us with co listing And
2: selling the listings quicker. Yeah. I believe staging like fixing up a house is yeah. a version of staging and staging is, is huge. And also your clients see it as like if you were to pay for staging, they don't appreciate it. If you were to pay for a moving truck, they don't appreciate it. If you help move with them or they see that it's your staging product, they think you've done so much more for them. Even if you paid for it or did it yourself. So us staging ourselves, we have workers we hire, so I don't move any of the furniture, I just tell them where it goes. So it's not that much work, but they feel like you put so much effort into their selling their house that they're so grateful. I mean, you we don't get unhappy clients. Or, I mean, we, we offer every time we sign a listing, you can cancel with us tomorrow. If you just decide we're not doing what we said we we're going to do, and we that's never even came up once because yeah. we do so much for them that they know if they were to look somewhere else, possibly for another agent, they realize how much we did for them or
0: how yeah, much. And what I like about that, uh, among many things, is I, I, I love because I've, I've seen this on the marketing side, too. Like there, there's something there's something very like the more you can deliver this tangible that they can see. Yes. The more they, the more value they feel like you've delivered, even if it's not really that to you, to, to us as a service provider, maybe it's, we would consider it sometimes at least important thing that we might do, yeah. uh, depending on what your business is. But, um, when it's something that they can see, especially when it's in their house and they're in it every day and they see it every day, there's a difference in what their house looks like because of their relationship with you guys and working with you guys. Uh, it kind of drives that point home every single day yeah. that you guys are did. You did something concrete for the commission. Um, so there's a, there's also a couple things I wanted to point out. Uh, so I don't know if you guys use any uh, any software to to encourage them to leave reviews and whatever. We've had uh, Doran uh, on this show before that runs a software called Testimonial Engine that does like automate that process. So if that's something anybody's interested in, uh, the audience can check that out. I think it's mytestimonialengine.com. Uh, and uh, what that does is allows you to write like a three-step email process that gives them a place where they can write The review and you get that review even if they never go and follow through and post it anywhere So that might so if anybody's looking to like scale up the taking and, and asking yeah. for reviews, that's a great way to do it
1: Totally.
0: Yeah, sounds nice. Yeah, so anyway, so I just want to point that out real quick And then I want to talk about with you guys just for a couple minutes on what kind of the next steps so, like you've got you've got some great pieces in place uh, and I'm curious, kind of what what's the next uh, things that you guys want to do to keep on growing or making the business even you know fit your lifestyle and and grow.
1: Yeah, I think we're we've been kind of talking about you know where to go from here a lot of what we've talked about is actually going into flipping. Um, It's kind of been something we've always wanted to do. And the mini flips were basically our testing um, Mm. mechanism. So that's kind of where our goal is because, you know, we do a lot for our clients, so we don't want to keep doing that. And James has a very entrepreneurial mind, so we want to do something real estate related. And then also a big thing for us is expanding our team. We, We love having a team. We love working with other agents and we want to help them so it's probably a combination of both and i don't know
2: yeah so flipping definitely we're in the process of working on purchasing our first flip to try that out it just it it's where we'd like to go because then we're our own clients so we don't have to spend the energy and time navigating client and the profits are more than a commission uh it just we don't know the market so that's the scary part but the other part is so what we've just started doing is one of the agents in our area he's biggest agent he's in central 21 he's been the biggest agent he's like one of the biggest in the country for a while he's been in real estate for 40 years his brand has been shrinking and shrinking and shrinking because he doesn't know how to do online presence and so like i've been hounding him for a year that we can build your business back up i call him a million dollar brand and so we have he just joined our team and so we've already created online presence social media like he has so many past clients he just doesn't know how to he, he says he doesn't want to ask for reviews because he thinks it's rude, mm-hmm. but it's not rude. It's it's So yeah. we're, I, I call our next step. We used to think we wanted to do a brokerage, but I don't think I want to do a standard brokerage. Like uh, what we had always thought about doing a brokerage was doing something like what we're doing for him because we have two other agents that aren't on our team that we kind of do and we stuff stuff with them. So we call it like rebranding them or t- we either take the brunt of the work or we rebrand it. It's like this guy, Martin Levy, uh, we're rebranding him right now, and he's – his, he probably does makes like half a million dollars a year and he has like two agents on his team. But Mm -hmm. within the next 12 months, I believe he'll be able to do a million or a million five just because we're getting his online presence, getting his reviews in place. So rebranding agents that already have all the name that we don't have because we've only been in the business six years. That's where I think we're going next.
0: Yeah. I love it. Yeah. There's a lot, there's a lot to unpack there, but yeah, that that's an interesting strategy almost being, um, Venture capital and uh, almost like a talent agent for uh, for real estate agents who have who have all the all the back end all the experience but don't have the online brand that they need to kind of keep up with the way things are are going. Uh, so yeah, I think that's a great idea. That's uh, if you guys have the skill set to do it, um, it's something that you can definitely build. That like that can be your main value add to agents is say, look, if you've, got, if you've got the past clients, if you've got the database, if you've got the relationships, we don't have the brand anymore that you used to, come over here, we'll rebrand you, give you that part of it, and then you just make sure that we keep on nurturing that database, so I like that. Um, I also wanna, wanted to mention that on, on the flipping side, there's a great example, and one of our other past guests, Tom Caffarella, uh, who's up in Boston, uh, kind of got into it from the, the opposite angle that you guys did, but I think the end result is the same. So Tom uh, started as an investor, and then ended up starting a brokerage to work with the 90% of listings, like the sellers that he would run across that weren't good investment deals. And And then he would farm those leads out to his agents. So if you guys do get into the flipping side, you just keep generating seller leads like you already are, you cherry pick the ones that yeah. are good investment deals, and then you uh, you service the other ones as agents. It's a great business yeah. model. Tom Tom is doing a phenomenal job, and so yeah, if you guys just keep on doing what you're doing and you add in the flipping component, I mean it it, it works actually really really well, and it kind of is this nice little reinforcing virtuous cycle. Absolutely, that's exactly what it sounds like. We want to do kind of the same exact mindset, but
2: from different sides. Yeah.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so coming to it getting into it from two different directions, but the end result being very similar. So that's yeah. awesome, guys. Uh, so refresh people's memory uh, where you guys are at so they can keep you in mind for referrals and then tell people what's the best way to reach out and connect with you guys if they do have one.
1: Yeah, so we're located in Santa Rosa, California. We handle Sonoma County, Marin, Napa County. And you can email us at modernagentkj at gmail.com or call us at 707 707- Seven eight seven 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 nine three.
0: Perfect, and it uh, sounds like if, if anybody has, especially like an international client in the North you know, Bay area, sounds like you guys would be a great resource. You have all the connections to the folks that do speak just about any language you you would have. Uh, so I just wanted to mention that too, because there's a lot of folks that, that are in that area or around that, that area who are encountering international clients coming in through online leads, and probably the same as you, don't know exactly what to do with them, and are at, like letting those slip through the fingers get them over to to you guys so you can connect them with one of the agents on your team that speaks the language and get them to the right uh, the right person so awesome guys well i just want to thank you briefly uh everyone that this uh, has watched and jumped on the live broadcast with us mark sonny laura mike jody teresa alicia dennis uh larry nate jerry darla alan gene volpe what's up man the evil ball ninja dropping in to watch us guys thanks so much for watching the facebook live with us we appreciate it make sure to give these guys a shout out uh, in the comments thank them for coming on uh, make sure to go to the level up podcast and uh, either subscribe uh, you can go to itunes and leave a review make sure to give these guys a shout out and thank them publicly for coming on the show and providing all the value that they did uh, and if you guys have got a referral in their area make sure to send it to them uh, and with that said guys thank you so much for watching and listening and all that you guys do to share the show we appreciate it and we'll see you on the next one